Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to the Muslim Geordie podcast. What do you think of that opening, Elias? Why I'm on. <laughs> you know, you know, Jamal and Salahuddin, uh, Ustad Elias tried to do a Geordie accent yesterday, yeah? So it's both your turn today. He sounded more Scottish than Geordie, but that, we'll let him off for that. But you guys have to try and do a Geordie accent today as well, right? So we're going to see if we can get something out of you both. Definitely. Definitely. I think it's something. Okay, inshallah. <laughs> All right, so let's start the program. Um, today, as always, welcome everybody to the Muslim Jody podcast. And our sponsors, a quick shout out to them. Hill Matheson, HM Residential, and Manjaro's are our sponsors for Newcastle Fast FM and also for this program, the Muslim Jody podcast. Right, let's get straight into it. Um, tonight's going to be a really, really important topic. And I think it's very, it's one of those things which always keep coming up. And one of those topics which need to be addressed on a regular basis. Yesterday, we had an excellent discussion on youth issues. There's going to be a bit of crossover on that for today as well. But the main focus on tonight's program is going to be about marriage and relationships. All right, so we're going to dissect a few different areas of this. Of course, we're not going to do justice to the whole topic in one podcast, but we're going to take some segments and we're going to have a bit of an open discussion on it. And, of, and I've got some brilliant guests and co-hosts for tonight's program. Um, first of all, let me introduce uh, Sheikh Elias Karmani, who is a psychologist, a relationship counselor, an imam, a teacher. Uh, and there's so many things we can add to that, a youth worker, um, and his expertise on this topic, uh, I'm really looking forward to to discuss because he's done a number of workshops on this and I've attended some of them and they've been excellent, I have to say. Uh, also, we've got brother Jamal Richards. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, Jamal. Alaikum, really looking forward to hearing some of your points because, again, you're similar. You've got a lot of experience in this field, especially, with, especially back in the day with... Um, uh, trying to help people connect for marriage, right? Trying to help uh, support people to get married. So yeah. we're definitely going to pick your brains on some of that also. Exactly. And we've got Salahuddin Patel. Salam alaikum, Salahuddin. Alaikum salam. I guess we're going to get a an unmarried perspective from you, right? <laughs> <laughs> of marriage and relationships. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. It'll be a good discussion, I'm sure. It'll inshallah. be a good discussion, inshallah. Right, so... Let's get straight into it. First of all, let's open up the conversation following on from yesterday about youth issues, um, you know, some of the, 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 the discussions we were having about Muslim youth. Let's open up with the first question. Um, should you get married young? Should we get married young, especially in this society that we're living in today? Let's start with you, Elias. I know we've had a, an extensive conversation on this offline Let's have that conversation online, bro. Let's okay. have that discussion. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam, ala rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum to all the viewers as well. And absolutely, it's the sunnah. I think there's an echo someone's got, so I think someone, we have to mute. I think I'm getting some feedback from others, yeah? Okay, I think it's okay there now. Look, it's the sunnah to get married young. And so, you know, when I do a nikah, and it's a young couple out there. One of the things I start off when I do the, the basic biyan, when I do the nikah, is that I say, mashallah, when we see our youngsters getting married, we're so proud of them. 
because they're choosing to do that which is halal they're choosing to follow in the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and absolutely you should get married young obviously within the law let's be absolutely clear what we mean by young you know what we're talking about obviously legally in this country i i i think 18 is okay as an age i think maybe younger younger than 18 i think with young people today there tends to be a lot of immaturity still but i think the whole point of getting married young is because we're recognizing that there is a significant issue in our society around hypersexualization and the fact that young people okay want to be in relationships they want not all but a significant number of, of young muslims in fact there was a piece of research that was done by the mcb and they identified 67% of Muslim under 25s had been sexually active outside the institution of marriage. Now, and, and that's the MCB who did this research a couple of years ago. Uh, and for, the, for them as an organization, which is quite conservative to come up with that, I thought it was shocking because I thought roughly my figures, my own anecdotal experience was around 50% of our young people are probably involved in kind of some sexual activity outside of the institution of marriage. Now, the point here is this, when we create so many barriers, when we create so much social barriers, so many obstacles towards young people, uh, you know, being married in the institution of Islamic nikah, then inevitably what you're going to see is zina is going to become more common and is going to proliferate because we're not providing what I call a halal solution to the current hypersexualized reality that's going on out there. And it recognizes a basic fundamental. Look, I was having a conversation with two young people over the weekend here. And these two young people, again, they're both young, healthy males with testosterone. And, you know, they obviously their families are saying that they would have to wait till they're about 25, 26 until they finish their studies, get a job and are stable before that they can engage in a obviously marital relationship before they can get married now really what are you asking the, the parents are oblivious to the reality of our young boys and our girls as well because young females as well they want to be have some kind of companionship they're completely oblivious to the situation which is out there and what they're asking their young person to do is become basically asexual they're asking them to completely suppress this need that they have for companionship for for comfort and to be obviously in a halal relationship they're asking them to completely suppress that hmm. again and, and i have to say it's unrealistic in our current context so yeah. for me i believe yes young people should get married early and they should get married young but i also put a caveat to that we should have very strong guidance coaching training pre-marriage assessment and i'm going to talk about this later i have five psychometric tests that i use to judge what i call pre-marital compatibility hmm. We should do all the, the the guidance, the training, the support, the counselling. All of that should be available and pastoral mm. support alongside that as well, so that this obviously enables those young people to be successful in in their relationships as well. So absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, look, my personal view is I'm very pro people getting married at a very at a young age. The question is, how young is young? what is appropriate and appropriate age for young people to get married you mentioned 18 i agree with that uh, obviously from the legal framework as well you yeah. can get married earlier even legally you with the right permissions and stuff. yeah now. with consent and stuff i mean even 16 depends it all depends on the person for me but the question that you, we've got to ask as well to go with that is or the conversation that comes from that is what about 
financial responsibilities? What about the cultural aspects? Most most parents, let's be frank, let's be honest about this, right? Yeah. Most parents aren't going to marry their daughters to uh, a young man of 18, let's say, 18 or even 19. And and because there's a lot of conditions now. He has to have a degree, he has to have a job, he has to have a house, he has to have X, Y, Z, and then we will give our daughter to you, right? So that level of financial independence is something that is very um, focused on. Now, we've had a discussion about how we can get around that, but really it's, a, and, and please do elaborate on that, about how we mm. can get around that. But yeah. really the issue is it's a, it's a community cultural, uh, a culture shift that needs to take place for okay. people to make it accessible and acceptable to do that. Because let's say a young brother comes, he's 18 years old, he wants to get married. He wants to go to university. He's got aspirations. He's got ambition. He wants to get married. And everywhere he turns, the parents are knocking him back. What's mm -hmm. your advice to someone like that then? He says, look, I want to safeguard myself from zina. I want to have a companion. I don't want to do a haram relationship. What's your advice to that brother? Look, look, uh, I will tell you, do you know what? I think, and I've seen it in the com comments, and I, I actually accept people, what people are saying, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad people are, are disagreeing as well. I think it's really important, yeah, that we have a healthy discussion on this. I think there's a profound misunderstanding about what is the purpose of Islamic marriage as well, yeah? I think, you know, there's a, there is a profound, I think, uh, cultural expectation, as you said, yeah? Now, let me give you one example. Someone said that need to, they need to financially provide. Okay, let's look at the reality of that. What do we actually mean by financial provision as well? Of course, the man has a kawam over the woman because he provides for her. You know, uh, the reality is, you know, what we're, what we're looking for now isn't financial provision so that two people are living a modest life. That's not what the requirement is yet. It's actually much more excessive than that. And that in itself, what it does is that it creates so many barriers which really realistically are unattainable for individuals. And, and I'm looking at it, look, I'm looking at it as a, from, a, from a much bigger lens than just what's going on at the community level. I'm looking at the movements that are taking place around involuntary celibacy, which is being forced on, on Muslim men, and the kind of misogyny that this creates. I'm looking at the fact that women now, you know, uh, I've known a number of sisters now, okay, who are saying to me, we don't want to get married. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? There's an interesting thing. The women are doing better than men on an education level, on a vocation level, in terms of average earnings. Muslim women are doing actually better than overall than Muslim men. So therefore, the pool of Muslim men is diminishing as well, which is quite interesting mm -hmm. here. Yeah. And so there are a lot of there are a lot of factors that people are not taking account in terms of the external environment here. Okay. In terms of maturity, well, look, I'm afraid if two young people are mature enough to have a relationship. Okay, then you know what I mean? They are not going to be playing, I always say, they're not going to be playing patty cake anymore. <laughs> this is, we call it advanced level patty cake, yeah? They're an advanced patty cake, yeah? Look, and, and this is what I'm saying. So, okay, so how do we deal with that? And what everyone's basically saying is that the only solution is this traditional cultural model, which is that you're right, someone has to be financially of means, uh, then they have all of that, and then they're able to obviously get, get married, yeah? And I'm, I'm afraid it's not dealing with our current reality. Yeah? And then someone said, what about divorce rates? Yeah, well, what about divorce rates? Okay, divorce does not indicate moral decay. I want mm. people to, this is a completely distorted notion. Amongst the Sahaba, you'll be surprised that they married and divorced multiple times. Are you saying that they were morally uh, deficient? Na'udhu billah. 
Okay, radiallahu anhum wa radu anhum. Well, Allah, well, well, so, we, so we could the talk point about divorce. I mean, the thing, the thing is really the, the, the bit to unpack at the moment. Unpack at the moment is this: you've got a whole. We know the we know the situation with the youth. Either they they are um, subject to falling to their desires and falling into zina and having uh, illegitimate relationships which are outside of Islam, yeah. or like you said, they're, they're, they're forced into you know trying to cope with that and then uh, wait until they have a job and become financially independent. Some people might not get as as, as financially strong enough because that's subjective be as well. How does how, how much does that have to be? And, and then they can't get married for a long time, for years. Mm -hmm. So where is the, where's the balance in this, right? Yeah. Um, Jamal, maybe you want to jump in on this because I know you've got some views on this particular topic and issue. Jo feel free to jump in anytime, by the way, boys, right? But because for me, I've got, this, I've got this thing. Look, what's wrong with two young people getting married and not living together? Absolutely. What's wrong with that? That is the until they're strong, until, they're, until they are financially dependent, right? Absolutely. What's yeah. wrong with... The boy and the girl living in their parents' homes, meeting up in a halal relationship. That's what you call a halal relationship, Correct. where they're both married, done the nikah, go to university together if they want to go to university together, or work and, and meet up and, until they can get the money enough to stand up on their own two feet. What's wrong with that, for example, as a, as a yeah. solution? Look, AT, that's a very good question. I mean, you're talking about a young couple, for example, who have maybe they've met each other um, maybe at uni or something like this, and they have kind of, uh, you know, they've declared that they want to be with each other, um, you know, and under um, s situation like that, then it's, it's probably quite a healthy thing to be able to facilitate for them to be able to be halal, uh, to be in a marriage situation. Um, everything that Ilya said, mashallah, I completely agree with, except um, that there's obviously there's more to it than that as well. So I complete everything he said was absolutely right. No one can question that. I know people have disagreed, but you, you have to unpack the whole thing to understand that you can't, um, for example, deny a young couple from marriage when then they may end up doing something because they, they'll do it anyway. And that's yeah. the situation that we're in. They'll do it anyway. So it's better to you know label it as like, you know, this is halal, you're in a marital situation now. But there's so much more to it than that. Like, for example, what do we do in a situation where, um, like someone's commented, um, for example, we are men, we have desires. So imagine you've got your daughter, um, she's she's quite young, you wanna find a nice brother for her. And um, then you've got this young brother who, you know, he's basically like, you know, he's, I just wanna get married because I need to get married basically, right? I don't I don't have any intention or I don't, I don't have the ability to be, uh, to understand commitment, understand um, supporting a family. I just need to get married, right? And he mm. comes and he meets that that family, and he's you know he sort of um sits there with them and say, oh, Masha is a very nice boy and whatever. And he marries them, they get married, and you know straight away he is nowhere near ready for marriage, nowhere near ready for marriage. So therefore, he doesn't even know how to treat his wife. Um, all he knows how to do is like to get his fulfillment and give nothing in return. So this happens a lot, unfortunately, and that's mm. why it becomes a big question. Like you know if we had a choice if we could just put the young brothers into um stasis like you know like they're going to go to another um, planet and they're going to be in that sort of um thing until they're ready then that would be quite nice that would be the ideal setup but unfortunately that's not going to happen so as Ilya said they need to have some kind of tarbiyah, some understanding some uh you know so they can become mature and become ready but unfortunately the majority of the young couples are not ready but what do we do we still cannot deny them so there has to be something else that we can do to keep it halal
Yeah, and, and, and Jamal, it's, it's about this middle ground. And look, what you just described as a scenario mm. is a typical scenario. And this doesn't just happen with young people. This actually happens across the board. And this is the problem, a lack of transparency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and what it is, is people don't realize that nikah is what we call an akad. An akad means, yeah, it is a marriage contract. The number of couples that I have to work with, and I do a pre-marriage assessment with them, and I work out what we call shurut al-akad, all of the conditions of the contract. So there is clear rights and responsibilities that are agreed upon. And there is also, Jamal, one of the most important, transparency. Look, the yeah. Prophet Sasa made it clear you can marry for four reasons. He made all of these mubah. Beauty, yes, which basically means you sexual needs, yeah? Yeah, yes. Uh, wealth, nothing wrong with marrying for money. Mm. A family name, status, yes. and, and taqwa. And the best of you is taqwa. But that doesn't mean yeah. the other three are not allowed. No, okay? exactly. So yeah. the point is this. If you're totally transparent, and this is the problem, a guy comes and say, look, I'm totally transparent. I haven't got, this is my means. This is what I've got. This is that. And then you're saying to them, okay, and you know, I like your daughter. We've met, and this is it. And, you know, I, I want to be with her. We feel that there's a compatibility. You do some due diligence. It's important to do what I call due diligence. Be absolutely yeah. clear. And you probably heard me make this statement. You know, we spend more effort deciding the specifications of what phone to buy than the person you marry. You know. more, people do more diligence buying a phone mm -hmm. than a marital partner. So do your due diligence. Take your third party references. Come on. I'm not saying totally go in here blind. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, give the couple, young couple support. Alhamdulillah. Help them bring as a, as a village, support them and help them. And I've got another pragmatic and realistic condition well support and space i would say give them support and give them space so that they can grow as well and not yeah. you don't want to be too interfering at the same time and then you know giving them uh, you know everyone is unique look i can tell you for sure that i was probably capable at the age of 18 to be in a marital relationship I was married at 21, alhamdulillah been married what nearly 30 years so you know uh, but the point i'm saying here is this there's another really important thing i say for every young couple that get married, I said, do not have any children until at least two or three years into your marriage when your relationship is solid. This is mm. called being pragmatic. This is absolutely called being pragmatic. I've had couples, honestly, you know, and not just young couples, old couples, where the sister got pregnant in the first month and then in the second month, you realize I've made a massive mistake. SubhanAllah. <laughs> And then, then obviously there is the, of course the child is a blessing, but I'm talking about using intellect here and common sense and living in the real world and living with the the dramas and challenges and social, cultural, political, economic challenges we have in our current environment and working with solutions that make things halal and easy. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, really, when I look at the comments, the comments are just, do you know what? Kids get depressed. You don't know why, and not just the, it's not just males, it's females. There are sisters well, who are yeah. deeply, deeply depressed because mm. they're saying, well, this is all the, 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 the conditions and the requirements and the barriers and the obstacles. Okay, well, that's that, what I was going to say. It's, it's not easy getting married, even if you're financially dependent, even if you've got all the, you know, everything, all that you've, you've ticked all the checkboxes, right? It's still not easy getting married. I mean, just ask Salah Hadin here, right? This guy right down here. It's still not easy. You can have everything. All the, the boxes checked off, but you still have to find the right people that you have to. Uh, 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 just a quick point. And there. it takes time. It takes time to find somebody that's suitable and compatible and all the rest of it, right? 
Okay, Especially when um, you're fussy and you've got some high like, standards. Yeah, yeah. Guys, guys, just just a quick point. Uh, uh, just, to, just to show you how bad I am, I just realised, I looked at the date, and it's my wedding anniversary, 28, well, I think, and I, forgot well, comple- and I forgot completely. Oh, no. <laughs> you are in trouble tonight. You're on she, the she, she, she forgot as well. She forgot as well. So <laughs> Congratulations! But you see what I'm bro. saying? Like, even if you, even if look, even if you do, I know brothers. Look, sometimes brothers and sisters they ask me to help them find um, a partner and all the rest of it for marriage. But even then, it's not easy. Let's say you've got this. I've got the CV. Everything's going. Everything's ticked off. Sometimes it still takes a good year, two, three, four years before they even get married when they start actively looking. Right, mm. and that's for both brothers and sisters. By the way, yeah. it's not for yeah. one or the other. So this is what I'm trying to say is that, look, even regardless whether you're financially dependent, and, and that's, again, a subjective understanding in, in the modern day, right? What does that actually mean? What do you have to have? What's the minimum requirement before you get married, right? Not only financially, but mm-hmm. obviously mentally, if you're ready for it, if you're mature enough for it, and all the other things that come with that. Yeah. Uh, and this is why I like the point that was made by both of you. That there has to be some form of support, coaching, preparation, and so on and so forth, right? Mm. And unfortunately, that's not happening. Who in the community is doing that? I don't see, yeah. and again, I don't want to go into sort of masjid bashing, right? But I don't see the masjid doing it. I don't see the elders doing it. I don't see even the youth doing it. I don't see, you know, there's no youth centers that I can find that are doing it. Uh, there's hardly any youth centers anyway, right? Mm. Who's actually doing this? It's a taboo subject for pe- most parents. They don't want to talk about it. They just want to get the rishta, do, do, do the deal, mm. send them off, and then go start your life, right? Mm. And it's like, well, where's the prep work for it? The, the most people get is the old Muhammad al-Jabali books, right, that they read the marriage series, right, or a few videos that they see online, and then that's it. They're, they're, they're going for it. The rest of it is desire-led, let's be honest. That's, yeah. that's the situation that we're currently in. Regardless whether it's brothers or sisters I'm talking about. we're not Because I know you mentioned brothers, Jamal, that they, they're not ready to do it. But mm. I think it equally applies to sisters. Yes, they want to get married for their desires, to fulfill their desires. Yes, they want to get married to, to, to stop from falling into fitna and zina. Mm. And some of them, in fact, a lot, a lot of sisters that I've seen, young sisters, are also mentally mature enough to get married and spiritually yeah. mature yeah. enough, right? So if that's the case, then... What are we doing about it to try and resolve that current situation? Yeah, That's a question I've got. For for I, I think for the sisters, I mean, just from my experience over the years, um, you know, and I know it, you know, it's not the sort of um, the rule of thumb for every everyone, but a lot of the times I think like you know the sisters maybe it's because of that sort of um, maternal kind of um, uh, instinct that they have where they want to build a family, and even when they're quite young. Their, their their role model most of the time would be their mothers. And so, you know, I know that young girls, they're still going to have their mind. They might still be out there. They might, you know, might have that sort of thing. But at the same time, you know, once they start to think about marriage, then they see marriage as what marriage, I suppose, um, was, has always been intended. Mm. Um, you know, like the full package, not just like, oh, I just want him to just come around and see me like every once in a while and, and then, you know, disappear. Um, mm. You know, yes, they do exist. But I just think it's like it's just we you know we have to admit that obviously it's more on the other side where it's a case of okay look mm. you know you got married you know you ask at like what should the minimum requirement be 
I mean, I would argue that maybe one, it should be commitment, for example, um, you know, that you're going to go into that thinking, look, I know that I'm a young guy, um, you know, I've got my desires, um, but there's a package in this, there's a whole package. It's just like, you know, once I'm in here with this this um, this woman, um, you know, I now need to sort of change the way I think. My mentality has to improve a little bit. Um, mm. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen. I mean, like, you know, you have many cases where the, the sister complains that her husband, um, you know, at a very, um, you know, even at an older age, he just sits down on his PS4 or 3 or whatever it is now, <laughs> PS5, um, you know, and doesn't even spend any time with her. Um, you know, or if not that, he's just out with um with the with the brothers and stuff like that. So it's a bit of a challenge. It's a it's a difficult it's a difficult one. But as long as the PS Five, thank you. As long as they um, <laughs> as long as because I've been giving this example since the PS Three, by the way. So it's a long time <laughs> <Okay>. ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what it is. I mean, Subhanallah. Um, in an ideal world, you know that you would, as you said, at find certain workshops and stuff like that. So young brothers would go to that workshop. They'll get that kind of understanding and obviously iman um you know building their you know their iman and stuff like that so they understand yeah, yeah. this is not just um this is not just a piece of property meaning yeah. this is not a piece of property not, not you know this is this is your wife this mm. is the one that you're going to spend time with when you come home look at the rasul when you know on the day of revelation he ran and he threw his head in his wife's lap i mean this is this is um this is who our wives are right um, and but, I think, uh, you know young, what, Jamal, though? I think that there are young brothers who are mature yeah. like that, though. I, I do I agree with that. Them. In the my, masjid, my... I do see young brothers, 17, 18, 19. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, they might not be rich or they might not be financially as dependent as they, they could be, yeah. but certainly they've got the spiritual and mental maturity. I think yeah, I've yeah. met brothers yeah. like that. Right? I agree with you. Because on the other side, you've got another problem of, and this applies for both sisters and brothers as well sometimes, that yeah. they've got that whole Bollywood sort of picture of what marriage should be like right yeah. and then when when they get married it's a big it's it's a big come down right because yeah. it's like hold on a minute this is not what I expected because yeah. you through you brothers who are married like i am no fine well marriage is hard work hard work yeah. absolutely right yeah. it's it's a constant struggle and it's hard work to just make it work let alone live the dream right yeah. we all know it's hard work and you can live the dream by them. I'm not saying you can't, but I'm just saying that it is. It's not. It's not easy. It's not a walk in the park. Yeah. It, it is. We got to get this Bollywood mentality of marriage out of our heads, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the whole I call it the contamination of romanticism. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that you aren't don't show concern, love, and compassion for your partner. That doesn't mean that. But you're right. This totally romanticized, idealized version of what Muslim marriage is—it's actually a contaminant. It's actually not an Islamic model at all. And now, what I call the Instagramization of these Muslim influencer couples, which makes it even more ridiculous. I think people are living in this ridiculous bubble, and it creates an expectation which is totally unrealistic. Yeah, this is not what marriage is. Marriage, for most of the time, is hard work. Input equals output. And look, when we go back to the verse of the Quran, I think it makes it very, very clear the foundations of Muslim marriage. And so when Allah Ta'ala mentions, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجَ لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهِ وَجَعْلَ بَيْنُكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً So that said, Allah Ta'ala created you zawaj. So the first part is compatibility. And that's why I say, I, I've, I've tried, in the Muslim space, we essentially marry a stranger. Because there's no getting to know each other, period. I think Brother Tamimi makes a point, man, and a point. Now, a lot of Arab cultures, they have akad. They do the akad. It's halal. 
the couple have this period of getting to know each other and engagement. You can call it halal dating, whatever it's it called is. Nikah, though. That's that's it what is, the nikah it, is. Because they've done the nikah, yeah. But then they don't live with each other until maybe yeah. a year or yeah, two yeah, years yeah, yeah. later, yeah. So they have, mm. and and if in that period they decide to dissolve the marriage, it's just an annulment of the marriage. So, that's you know, brilliant. Yeah, it is. It's practical. It's realistic. It makes makes mm. sense, yeah. And so, mm. look, so going on back. So what we have is five psychometric tests, full compatibility ratings to try to have some kind of an assessment of uh, the compat the zawaj element. Then comes litaskunu, to live in peace with each other, which means shared values, shared objectives, that our maqsad is to be together for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make each other earn jannah. And then rahmah, compassion, and from that is love. And that's real love, that mm. two people are compassionate, selfless, sacrifice for each other, yeah? Now, so the point I'm saying here is this, yeah, that, Love in Islam is based upon compatibility, shared values, vision, an objective and purpose, and compassion. That's what love is, not this ridiculous lifestyle notion of it. And so people, both the males and the females, boys are pornified, I'm afraid. And then the girls, I'm afraid, are romanticized with these notions around uh, what marriage should be. And they have ridiculous expectations, and they really need to obviously have that coaching and that maturity yeah. development, I'm afraid, yeah? Uh, okay, having said that, you know, it still comes back to the issue that every child is unique, every young person is unique, yeah. everyone, yeah. And, and we have to... Uh, you got to find that balance, isn't it? You've got to find the right balance for each, every in individual. Yeah. And I want to make this yeah. point here. People talk about divorce rates. What is worse, increased zina and fahisha, or increased levels of divorce? What is worse? Well, one's halal and one's haram. That's it's the whole clear, point. Yeah. That is exactly the whole point. And divorce, you know, again, I want people to get away from the distorted cultural stigmas and taboos around divorce. In some cases, divorce is necessary and wajib and mm -hmm. actually is, is is something rewarded. If, you, if, if, for example, someone is married to someone of such immoral conduct and indecency, and it happens, okay, whether they're young, old, even, you know, whatever, there's domestic violence or abuse or whatever, that is destroying that the uh, the, mm. the spouse. Then they need to, and it's destroying their connection with yeah. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and their mental health and everything. They need to leave the marriage. End of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. After obviously maybe trying, maybe trying to rectify it, dealing with the under shoes, the discord. But then they have to leave the marriage. They have to leave the marriage. There's no. This is not blameworthy, but rather this is recommended in this case. However, you're absolutely right. If there's no just or reasonable reason, then of course. But then I also say in these cases. This person's divorced you for no reason whatsoever, just because of a whim. Then why on earth do you want to be with them? So I think there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of guidance. There's a couple of comments. I'm just going to yeah. read out because it's linked exactly to what what we're saying here. Yeah. Shorty Boyd, he says, should we bring back a culture of arranged marriages where getting to know each other long term is facilitated in a halal way? I think so. I absolutely agree with that. Sister Lucy, she says, what advice could you give to the unmarried reverts out there? We've talked about the youth. What about the reverts? Often they don't have the support of the community. And this is the problem that I find with a lot of revert sisters. The so-called wali often do not fulfill the requirements to protect them or do their jobs properly, right? Mm -hmm. When it comes to reverts. So this is another issue I think we need to unpack. We've talked about the youth. And with the youth, of course, you know, like, if we can facilitate in a halal way when they go, even if, like, for example, if, if some of the youth go to university, right, 
it's uh, and you get them married before or during university in my view that's better for them to safeguard them um, from falling into haram right and 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 support them let them live in, in each other in their own homes and then they meet and then they build that relationship going forward that's just uh, an example but what about the reverts who don't have fam muslim family community members to help them where we know and seen that we've we've heard of and seen some revert sisters in particular get exploited because they don't have the family backup and the community is not doing their job to look after them and and so on and so forth what advice do you give for that let's start with jamal because you've you've encountered you've encountered some of these issues as well haven't you so what's yeah, your advice yeah. on this to this sister I mean, who's asking the question in terms of like um uh, revert sisters and um representation from a, a wali um it is one of the biggest um um like challenges and it always has been because you know i, I think the wali is is there by um i suppose by by name alone more than anything else because a proper true wali is someone who would you know represent a sister as if he was um representing his own daughter uh, which means that if a brother came along um, with a, expressing the interest of marriage, he, you know, the, the wali would do all of the, the criteria as much as possible, like, you know, get to know him over a long period of time and so on. But what tends to happen and has always been the case is that, you know, he would have a, an afternoon meeting with him, maybe over a cup of coffee or something like that. Maybe not afternoon, maybe just a half an hour meeting, um, hour tops um, with this person. And then, you know, he'd come out of it at the end and just sort of say, yeah, he seems like a nice brother, um, you know, whatever. And then not doing anything more than that. And also, like, for example, you know, he might say, OK, can you give me some numbers for reference? And he might, OK, here's my brother's number or here's my friend's number um, or something like that. And, you know, so obviously people are going to exaggerate when they start saying, yeah, he's, um, you know, he's a great brother, blah, blah, blah. He's really reliable. He's all this and all that. So it is a massive, massive, massive challenge. And And, and furthermore, what it is, is even a wali with good intentions uh, and sincere and even who has a lot of high integrity, um, it can become very challenging anyway because, you know, mm -hmm. one brother will come along and he will spend time with him. Uh, then it's, he's deemed not suitable for whatever reason. Um, you know, then another brother will come along and he's putting all his time in to try to do his best. Then another brother will come along. And so it's such hard work. Um, so yeah. it is really, really challenging. So my advice to any revert sister who... Um, has a wali um, would be that she should be prepared to carry out her own um, checks, even to get other family members or friends or someone to actually make sure the job is done properly. Because otherwise, um, it, you could get into a very messy situation. Unfortunately. Yeah. And what about for revert brothers? Because they have challenges as well. Revert brothers have challenges as well, absolutely. And um, uh, I think with the brothers, Subhanallah. Uh, it depends on certain things. It depends on even like um, ethnicity as well and stuff like yeah. that. Um, that's where the challenges could come in in a big way. Like for example, I give an example. I I took um, three sisters to um, um, Leicester on one occasion to meet a group of brothers. It was like it was arranged, um, and it was um, you know, mashallah. It was it was good. The meetings were really good. It was like in the restaurant and stuff like that. And there was like obviously it was all facilitated really well. Um, and then there's one particular brother, a black brother. And he said he was a revert for 12 years. And um, he said to me, like, um, nobody will marry me to their daughters. SubhanAllah. Still, Jamal, that's still happening. Yeah, I, I know it's still happening. And yeah, it's still yeah, happening. you're right. And look, I, I remember back in 1991, taking a brother, bringing in Bradford to meet a Pakistani family from South yeah. London, black brother, yeah. And 
and that was back then 91 and i've got to say and and you know that, that they did get married alhamdulillah but alhamdulillah. Well, what's interesting is this yeah that this is still happening and and we would say it then and i know people don't like it if you're white you're all right if you're black get to the back yeah and yeah that's it that's the reality of it and there is a racism mm -hmm. But you know, one of the things Jamal I found is that that racism was very conveniently overcome when there was money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. about what about if you're brown? What about if you're brown, Elias? What, what about if you're brown? What happens then? If you're brown, you stick around. Stick around, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might get some action. <laughs> you know, there's an interesting point that Jamal made, yeah, and I think this is something also about about being an adopted wali, right? And I think this is something which is an important aspect to think about. When somebody calls calls me up for, whether it's to be a wali or as a reference for someone to get married, and they say, do you know this sister? Or do you know this brother? What's their situation? And a lot of people want to be polite, right? And just say, yes. yeah, say nice things about them. Yeah. I'm not. No. I'm brutally right. honest. I am brutally honest, right? <laughs> and I will tell it as it is. Mm -hmm. If I know the person, I will tell them the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. And I will say, I'm not saying this as a way of backbiting that brother or sister. Yep. I'm not saying a way as of putting them down. I'm just giving you the full picture so you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Because I know him or I know her. And I know the good qualities and the bad qualities, right? If I know that person and they ask me for a reference, right? And I'm going to give it like that. And mm. I would expect the same thing to happen to me if somebody asked about me, right? And this is why, because you're you're talking about a sister or a brother who wants to get married. If you're just going to sugarcoat stuff, right, then that's unfair and unjust. Yeah. And it's not classed as backbiting, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. Correct. Right. So I think this is another aspect I think we need to look at. Umm Abdurrahman's put a comment here. Uh, marriage isn't a fairy tale. It's love for the sake of Allah, patience, compromise, acceptance. And this is the bit that I like the most, yeah? And enduring hard times together. Put this comment on. Look, look at this, yeah? This yeah. sums it up quite well, actually, right? Yeah. Enduring hard times because I'm telling you, I think my wife puts up with more hard times with me than, <laughs> than I do with her. But this is not the point. The point is that you do it together. You, 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 yeah. you go through it, right? I think that's, that comment sums it up, sums it up yeah. quite nicely. Absolutely yeah. beautiful, subhanAllah. Because um, there's obviously, there's, there's many challenges. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, just thinking about what, what you were just saying before, AT, I mean, this whole situation when it comes to, um, for Revert Brothers, um, especially when it comes to ethnicity and things like this, you know, the way around it is, I don't know, I mean, you know, there's many times, for example, where sisters have come and said, look, I want to marry this brother, uh, my, my father won't allow it, uh, you know, can someone marry us anyway? And mm. I'm sure you've all been, uh, you know, acquainted with that as well, that situation when it's a case of like, well, sorry, we really can't do that. It's impossible. But I know there have been some gangster sheikhs in the past that would be like, yeah, khalas, let's do it, man. No, 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 Jamal, Jamal, you know what? I've changed my view on this now as well. Go on. Okay? Let me tell you why I've changed my view on this. Yeah. Okay? Because you're absolutely right. I, I think, you know, and I'm going to say, we've got to grow a pair. Yeah. Let me mm. tell you why. <laughs> Let me tell you why. And even when a young couple come to me and I will, I'll go talk to the dad. Mm -hmm. I say, look, yeah. your daughter's come to me, your son's come to me, they want to get married, they want to do this, there is no Islamic opposite reason why, what's your reason, and then they'll come up with the, their reason why, and I'll be nice, and I'll be pleasant, and I will show them respect and, and everything else, and I'll try to explain to them, and if they come up with legitimate reasons, believe me, I'll, I would accept it, yeah. I really will accept it, 
And if yeah. they don't, and most of the cases they do not, I say, I'm going to get your son and daughter married because well, I, have a, I have a responsibility. Mm. I have a responsibility to make things halal that you don't want to make halal. Mm. End mm. of. I'm taking it on my shoulders. I'm not saying now people come to me and I'll go, no, no. This is not me going to shake. This is just a fact of the matter is facing the reality. And let me give you cases we've all had. So there was a couple, they couldn't get married. They weren't allowed to get married. She got pregnant, had her child. One year later, father agreed. After the child was born, then I did their nikah. Same outcome, the same outcome, but obviously, yeah. you know, one year later, you know, so the point of them is, I think, you know what, I think we just have to realize the context in which we're dealing with things now mm -hmm. is very, very different. And the reasons that are being used, I think, you know, if I was a 20, 30 year old, I'm in my 50s now, you know, so therefore we're not doing, rec we're not acting recklessly. Yeah? We're recognizing ultimately, and my responsibility is to uphold the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm -hmm. against these, their gangsters, yeah, who are using all manner of, of foolishness, yeah, to obstruct people from becoming married, yeah? yeah and then yeah. they're not providing alternatives for their children either. Yeah. Okay? And they're literally forcing them or putting pressure on them or have, have their ridiculous expectations on them as well, yeah? So, mm. no, I think that, you know, you've got to call it for what it is. Try to mediate, try to get them on board. If not, you know what I say? But then I again have to make it clear to the young couple, well, the couple getting married, look, you need family support. You need, you know, you need them to be involved here. And generally, you know what, Jamal, in most cases, they come around. They come around. They come yeah, around. Right. I, I remember I one auntie, one auntie yeah. said to me, oh, if they ever come around, I will chop them up into little pieces. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, what happened is that a couple of years later, I was around their the house and the, I noticed all the kids are going around. And she uh, had, her heart melted, man. Absolutely. Her heart, yeah, heart, yeah, yeah. heart melted, yeah. And, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's a cut. There's a couple of other things I think that we that you, you guys mentioned earlier on. One, there's there's two points I want to talk about. One is about um, we talked about the Bollywood sort of mentality and and people have you know huge expectations. You know, some brothers that want to marry the the Nakabi supermodel, right? Mm -hmm. Some sisters want Mister Mister Perfect, and he has to have X, Y, and Z, and he has to be this tall, and he has to be this complexion, and and so on and so forth. What's your advice to people like that when they are so? I mean, I call it picky. Uh, I call it fussy. That's just mm -hmm. me, though. But when they've got so many conditions that they're looking mm -hmm. for, that they make it so difficult for themselves to find, because you're never going to find the perfect person, in my view. I don't know. I don't know mm -hmm. what your brother's views are, but you're never going to find everything you're looking for a hundred percent, right? That's yeah. just the reality of the situation, as far as I'm concerned. But what are your advices on this? Yeah, I mean. I, I, I kind of gave up when I had my marriage service. I, I gave up on the young brothers uh, and sisters. Um, below a certain age, I kind of gave up on them because it was just too much work. Why? Because they're young. they got time. They can be picky. It's like, yeah, this is what I want. It's like, okay, well, 10 years' time, you're going to be thinking like, oh, my God, I should have just settled for that really nice, um, you know, brother or sister who, you know, they had they, they tick so many boxes and whatever. But mm. it's a lot of work, subhanAllah. So, um they just learn by experience. It's hard to advise them. It really is. Um, they learn by experience. They they would always think that, you know, no, it's fine. I can wait. You know, it's not a problem. That person does exist. But um, usually what I find is, yes, that person does exist, but they're not really into you. They're into mm -hmm. somebody else, you know, so then you have that kind of like... And Jamal, that, that's, that's, themselves. Well. that's themselves, by the way. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true as well. What's your advice on this, Elias? What, what do you say? You know what it is? It's, you're absolutely right. There is this, again, I touched on it earlier, this construct of their model of what is attractive, yeah? And it's complete. It's a complete deception. And it's, you know, obviously, you know, yeah, you know, the, the conditions are completely unrealistic. So not only does he have to have the dunya, okay, and he's got to be good looking and he's got to be Dini and an Alim, by the way. Yeah. But he's got to have a six pack as well, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got to have the he's got to have the guns as well, yeah. yeah. He, he got the guns, man. He got the six pack, yeah. Lots and of look, money, nice was, car. Yeah, and you married him, he had a six pack. Six months later it's a one pack, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one pack, it's a, it's a family pack. Yeah, it's a family pack, actually. Well, we, it's call it, we call it Body. It's just a potato yeah. snack. <laughs> that's something we were exploring recently you know like mashallah we're talking about how um you know uh, sisters they might they might have that sort of you know that ideal man right um you know with a six-pack and the guns and stuff like this yeah but once she gets married she's gonna feed him she, her expression of love is through his stomach Good. yeah and when you put some weight she's all right with it like she doesn't mind. No, but on a serious note, Jamal, you know, one of yeah. the things that I figured, people are bringing their own also emotional and psychological baggage. Yeah. And and people, I'm afraid, we're slightly emotionally ourselves damaged as well. And then we have mm. attachment issues. And there are hormones at play, so like oxytocin and dopamine yeah. and serotonin. And there's a lot mm. of that going on sometimes. That's why, again, you need lots of guidance and, and instruction here into it. And, yeah. and you, you're absolutely right. People come into marriages and look, if their own experiences of their own family homes has been a bit dysfunctional, yeah, I'm afraid yeah. these are reference points they're bringing into marriages as well. Know, and sometimes yeah, yeah. what we sometimes what we have is a repeat of those cycles of behavior on the males and the females. Sometimes we have overcompensation. Sometimes we are people who are just not prepared for the for the hard work that marriage is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So people themselves are kind, and that's why I, I really believe the kind of psychological assessments that I do are really important because mm -hmm. it just it, it doesn't mean it's a deal breaker, but it means that you are fully aware of what you're getting into and yeah, what yeah. the fracture lines are, what the strain lines are where there's going to be the threats and how to overcome them through your relationship. So, so that, that, that's why this kind of particular model yeah, is yeah. really appropriate. And, and Jamal, it's not unsurprising that when you have, it can go either way. We've got men with control issues. Yes, of course. Who, who, who will present a face before marriage of yeah. that really forward thinking and empowering husband. And then afterwards, a complete control freak with yeah. low self-esteem and i always say this i do this when i do the nikah when i do the beyond mm. manika i said to the, say to the men one day allah will give you a daughter inshallah mm. and you will give that daughter to a man and mm. you did not bring up your daughter to be a strong muslim for another man to totally disintegrate her self-esteem so let me tell you one everyone's talking about money finance i'm choosing a man for my two daughters who will mm. nurture their self-esteem mm. who will make them powerful women you know, really, that's what I'm at. the money side, all that, that's not really the materialistic side. The real wealth is the barakah of nikah and living in peace. Please, that is the, the wealth of marriage, is living in peace with each mm. other. Mm. And, and so, and why do these boys destroy the self-esteem of women? Let me tell you why. Because they themselves have been nurtured, I'm afraid, by seeing quite dysfunctional situations. They have a toxic masculinity mm -hmm. as well. And mm. they don't know. They feel insecure. You know, I've had men 
doing tawaf around the Kaaba with their wives, accusing their wife of looking at other men, Na'udhu Billah. Uh, okay, in, in, the, in, yeah. the, in, in the haram, yeah? And then there are females who also come into marriage with control issues, mm. with issues around envy, with issues around micromanaging their husbands, with all of that, their particular baggage as well, and will probably feed them because they don't want any other woman to look at them, okay? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so there yeah. are <laughs> people bring baggage into these things, yeah? Mm. You know, and I'm afraid that's just human beings. And this is why marriage, with all the science and with all the wisdom that we use, ultimately, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahumma inni astakhayruka, who puts the khayr into it, inshallah. Ultimately, mm. you know, yeah. it's, it's with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Absolutely, absolutely. By the way, we're not saying that you shouldn't be fit and you shouldn't be healthy. You should yeah. be fit and healthy. And have your guns, brothers, have your abs and all the rest of it. Go for it, right? Also, uh, is, it, go for it, Elias, is it, Elias, isn't it also the case... I know, I know what you said there is absolutely true in the sense that, you know, people who are accusing your, your wife of looking at other men, of course not. But um, to have that level of here, isn't that a good thing as well, to a certain no. extent? I think what it is, is that we have what we call ghira, which is an honor and a protectiveness that you have around your wife. Okay, good. which is which is what you would expect, I think, of an average Muslim man to be the protective to be a protective individual who safeguards her. But this isn't, this is called micromanagement control, yeah. which talks about, oh, you look there, you look there, you can't go out there, you can't do there, you can't do. And that is the difference because again, the person's controlling her as a physical body that he thinks he owns. You do not own your life. She is an amana from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. Okay. And she's not your property to use as in wish, as you wish. Okay, so that's what we're talking about, the micromanaging control. And then these individuals, if they really were concerned about control, then let them deal as the best man who walked on the face of this earth, Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam, how did he deal with it? Rahma, adal, justice. And he empowered his wives. And look at the Ummahat al-Mu'mineen. They as women, all every single one of them was an exemplary woman in her own right. Radiallahu anhumah, yeah? And so that's what the example should be, not this what I call micromanagement, insecure control and jealousy. That's not ghira, that's not honor. Okay, mm -hmm. that's just uh, insecurity, you know. Okay, there's two, there's two more topics that I really want to discuss in this, uh, in this session, inshallah. Uh, number one is, we talked about compatibility earlier on, about being compatible. Let's break that down. What does that actually mean for those who are watching us tonight? What does that mean to be compatible with your spouse? And how do we, how do we assess that? And the second thing I want to talk about is marital discord. Okay, so you go through the process, you get married, you, uh, we, we've already under, uh, accepted that it's not an easy thing to do, it's difficult. How do you deal with marital discord when two people are not seeing eye to eye, when they can make it work but they don't know how to make it work if that makes sense yeah so them two topics i really want to unpack them tonight as well before we start picking on Salahuddin uh, a bit more <laughs> can, we, can we not pick on Salahuddin during these things as well you can you can throw in a few comments but but Salahuddin is very quiet he needs to start speaking hear something up. from him Maybe otherwise just... we're gonna we're gonna keep going back to him here yeah at unfortunately i'm gonna have to leave you in 10 minutes bro all right go um, for it. you start you start then jamal yeah tell okay. me what, what do you think about the compatibility issue and the issue around marital discord i mean like this is something which is really uh subhanallah it's, it's one of the, the biggest kind of uh, topics that we can discuss when it comes to marriages because everyone at some point in their marriage 
um, uh, experiences marital discord and um, depending on the the reason behind uh, you know the, the issue uh, it can be very challenging because a lot of times you'll find that for example maybe you know one one side of the marriage they'll be kind of like, okay look you know we can get through this whatever um you know I'm, I'm not happy with this situation or whatever and you know and their mentality might be this will blow over um i've made my point and that's it whereas the other might be well you know i'm not i'm not happy with this and and they drag it on um but we do find that people do not follow the you know the the advices and the instructions that allah um gave us when it comes to these situations um you know which is that you know obviously there's a quite there's a, there's a list of things that we're supposed to do and even if it does come to um having you know a divorce then you know then you should stay with each other because there's there's a, there's a hikmah behind that you know because you know even if a man pronounces that talak and he meant, he's meant to stay with there for, for three months but he you know he's thinking well i'll give i'll give him the talak now so that's it i'm gone uh and then then that's a lot many times they realize that we've made a mistake right you know so i don't know what the uh the ratio is but there's probably a high percentage of 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 divorces where it's sort of like um oh my god i i regret it hmm. I, I i said it in anger um you know so the question is which should be addressed as well is how many marriages out there now that are existing at this present moment in time that are um void yeah yeah it's a good it's it's a very very good point yeah i mean like so it's um I've, i always try and encourage um couples to you know to communicate from from the outset of their marriage and get into the habit of communicating rather than um you know just bottling things up and mm. even if it's, even if it feels like okay you're or you're niggling at me or you're making it you know it's like you know it should be said look no i'm making a point now and i'm doing it in a way that you can understand that you know i don't agree with this or i'm not happy with this and then you both do it um, but let's not forget that this, you know, let's not be foolish and think that this still doesn't amount to an argument because it can still, you know, be an argument, but it's important because mm. when things bottle up, then that means that when you, when you communicate something for the first time, the language in the way that you do it, your body language, the tone of voice, that in itself just sparks off like crazy problems, crazy issues. Uh, so marital discord is just, it's a massive, massive topic. And I've only ever known there to be one book on it, I forget who the author was, but I bought this book back in 2006 and I loaned it out. And just like the norm, when you lend books out, man, it's like, it's like goodbye they're to lost. that book. They're lost, yeah, yeah, they're lost. Yeah, it's gone forever. I don't even know where that book's gone now, but you know, it was an amazing book. Um, mm. But there isn't anything else out there. So we need to have more um, uh, talks, maybe you ask yourself, maybe some just more talks, more videos, things like that, so people can understand how do I deal with this situation? I'm not happy, she's not happy, how do we deal with it and how do i how do i get rid of this anger this mm -hmm. anger that i feel now this rage that i'm feeling now how do i do it because at that point in time i can't fathom the, the hadiths and how we're supposed to deal with things you know sit down or or lie down or even leave the room because i will need to have my point made and you know then it can really escalate into something really big so yeah, yeah. um yeah it's a really broad um, things subhanallah yeah jamal you know it's war Yes. You know, I've got to say, I've done relationship counseling with non-Muslims and they are so amicable, so reasonable, so polite. Of course, they have their baggage and issues as well. Yeah. And and they'll separate in such a mature way and then they'll stay friends with each other. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, our people, man, it is 
onslaught. It is war. Yes. Yeah. And it is so acrimonious. Allahu Akbar, yeah. And you uh, married with Ihsan, divorced with Ihsan, and you and they mm -hmm. damage, they deliberately damage their children. They cause trauma to their children through the way that they behave. I've got a case of people. I, I, I say to people, I say, look, we can sit down and we can work out an amicable, reasonable, I'll be fair, I'll be neutral, and I will work out an arrangement between your you and your children. We can do it now, or you can spend thousands of pounds and the next 18 months going through the courts to come to the same resolution yeah and they would rather do the second so i do two things now uh, jamal just to i write it in every single nikah that i do now that i am the uh, i am the agreed arbitrator oh well, okay and, uh, so i write it is there it's short al-aqad it's there and if they want me to do the nikah, then I've written it down that I'm the agreed arbitrator and that both parties, because what happens in a lot of cases, uh, Brother Jamal, is that, as you know, the men stop the women from accessing arbitration. Okay. And, uh, you know, yeah. so that's the first thing I, we write it down completely within the marriage contract. Okay. Number two principle, you know, brothers and sisters, everyone out there, we have a surah called Surah An-Nisa. And it's also in Surah, do you know Surah An-Nisa is all about women's rights. It's all about the rights. Yeah. The framework, the framework is all in Surah Al-Nisa. It's amazing. It talks about under shoes, and then it talks about appointing the mediator. Yeah. So it's there, and so this is an iman issue. So anyone who is going against the book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala here needs to check themselves quite clearly, you know. Yeah. And the third thing, Rabbi Jamal, this is about masculinity. I've got to say, the the sisters cry out to me all the time, and they'll say to me. Can you mediate? Can you mediate? Can you do counseling? And I, I make it now clear. I, I don't do relationship counseling unless both parties are fully agreed yeah. towards the change process. And the biggest obstacle uh, is the ego of men. Mm. That they do not want to be held to account for their failures. And there's a real kind of masculinity, macho ego issue there. And that's why they do not come to the table. And then the last point I make is you're absolutely right. Marriage is hard work and you've mm -hmm. got to put in it. You do not press the nuclear button, I take, until you have exhausted every single possibility. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, uh, Tamim is asking, what is Anushuz? Allah Ta'ala mentions it obviously in Surah Al-Nisa when he talks, it's called marital discord, breakdown in a marriage, beef between the husband and the wife. That's what Anushuz <laughs> basically it means. Yeah. The main reason for Anushuz always is a violation of Islamic rights. That's the main reason why. And that's why the reference point is the Quran and the Sunnah, because the rights are clearly established. And the last point is this. This is why young brothers and sisters, everyone out there has to realize the Akkad is critical. Write down in your marriage contract all of the stipulations. Asset, my asset, your asset. Future assets, this is the, the ratio of ownership. This is my role, this is your role. This is how we got. This is not perfunctory. This is people, oh, it's not romantic. Hmm. Rubbish. It's called pragmatism, yeah? This is what was really what we call today now prenuptial agreements. Okay, it's it's comes from Islam 1400 years ago, where the man and the woman both stipulated the shurut the of of the of the contract, the akad. Yeah. The next point is this: that document obviously is witnessed and is a morally binding document. However, if you go to your solicitor, and now I recommend this: if you don't want to have a civil partnership. And if you do not want to have a civil marriage, which is fine, you don't have to. And I'm opposed to this campaign that register every religious marriage because, no, I have the right to marry according to my own religion. I have the state has no right to interfere in terms of how and who I get married to. 
and that it has to be registered. The state has no right to do so. However, I do believe in legal protection. I want to make it very, very clear. I believe in legal protection because this avoids disputes. And let me give you a simple example of legal protection. Okay, ownership of assets has to be clearly agreed based on a contract. Okay, so that's why, and, and also I want to make it clear, this whole thing that we have now, that someone's been married 20 years and she has is given four or five kids to it and the man walks out and he gives her nothing, this is not from Islam. Mm -hmm. You know, she has a right for compensation, she has a right for maintenance, she has a right to be given, she's part of the reason that he accrued, acquired his assets in the first place. So, mm. so this is all comes from a clear stipulation of rights, responsibility, hakuk, and then a clear judicial process. You see, we have the Sharia councils here in the UK. I'm afraid they're a bit, they're getting better, but they're a bit obviously hit and miss. Mm. And people do not engage with them. And then often, often they go through family mediations, which themselves can often be fractious and biased. We need good quality, independent mediators who then facilitate the arbitration when there is discord. Yeah, yeah. A couple of comments. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Jamal. Yeah, go on. No, no, no. I was going to say that would just be amazing, uh, yeah. you know, to have that, subhanAllah, trusted individuals. Um, it, it would be absolutely amazing, subhanAllah. Uh, I agree. And I'd love to see that happen. Inshallah, really inshallah. We need we need more people involved in this. A couple of comments I'm just going to read out before we wrap up, wrap everything up, inshallah. Muhammad Hamdan uh, says, do not give your daughter unless they're getting married by law in a Muslim country. If they don't live in one, in the European country that they live in, basically get married by law as well as just the the Islamic um, contract. Uh, this is an interesting one. Khadija says, but I need to confess, I actually don't want to get married really fast, first of all. I want to know the person I want to marry, and I know that isn't halal, so I don't know what to do. Elias, you touched upon this earlier. Give some advice to Sister Khadija on this. Look, look Sister Khadija, look, I, okay. From the Sharia point of view, if you are, have a formal proposal, then it is allowed for you to talk to the person who you want to get married to for as long as you want until the point you become convinced either way whether you want to marry them or not want to marry them. So do talk to them. Do obviously have communication with them. However, do not do it in khalwa. Khalwa means it when it's just you and him in isolation because that opens the door towards obviously... In, People becoming emotionally connected and then heart over head and then losing judgment and also maybe falling into the haram space. Okay. So interact by all means, see each other. The Prophet also made it absolutely clear you're allowed to see each other. And a man is allowed to see his prospective wife without her hijab. It's allowed because he wants to see the woman he's marrying. And in this case, it's perfectly permissible. It's perfectly permissible. Yeah. If you don't want to do it, fine, I understand. I respect a, a woman's right if she doesn't want to do it. But, you know, it is something which is allowed. And if she feels not the first marriage, first meeting, maybe the second or third meeting, she wants to do that, that's something which is absolutely fine for her to do. But mm -hmm. you're both allowed to see each other and talk to each other and understand each other and uh, as much as you want until you become convinced either way. And this is where also I bring in the, the kind of compatibility testing and the psychometric testing as well. I think it's a really good way just to add another dimension to it. Yeah. Um, there's another comment here. This is an interesting one uh, by Shama Saeed. Joining just now, have we addressed how to handle a marriage where after years, one spouse becomes religious, start seeing things from a religious viewpoint, and therefore problems start arising? How do you handle that? 
How do you deal with that situation? Hmm. Uh, well, look, I've had a lot of cases like this, and I do advise couples on this. Especially, I, I, I advise where there's what we call an interfaith marriage. Let's say a Muslim man marries, obviously, a Christian woman. And I always advise that couple beforehand that, look, at the moment, both of you have a tolerance for each other. But if at, the, if at some point one person of either of them goes more hardcore than the other, then this is going to put pressure on your marriage. This is going to put pressure on your marriage. So you've got to go in there with the open mind that this is how you started. So therefore, even if you do go hardcore, then you cannot force your views on the other person. Now, with regards to this question, I'll say the same thing. When someone has become more religious, it doesn't just mean that they are practicing. It should also mean akhlaq and adab. Mm-hmm. And it's also mean rahmah and adl, justice and mercy as well. So let's be absolutely clear. What it means to be religious isn't just that I'm praying more. Mm-hmm. And then the person said to his uh, to the partner, you have to pray more, you have to, and then there's a disjuncture in their spirituality. Now here it is, of course, advise, encourage, support, motivate, provide the environment which encourages the other person too. If, however, it comes to the point where clearly the person's is, is religious, uh, a non-practice is undermining your deen and your akhirah, then you can make a choice to exit the marriage, and it's legitimate for you to exit the marriage. However, not after five minutes or one week or one month, but after mm-hmm. after time, inshallah, of, and sabr and perseverance in terms of advising and encouraging the person. The person may not practice, but doesn't obstruct you from doing so and may have other good qualities as well. So, of course, this means there's a balance in the situation. But if they are deliberately causing you to disobey Allah, then, of course, you need to really exit this situation. Jazakallah khair. Uh, Salahuddin, you've been awfully quiet through this whole podcast, bro. Awfully <laughs> your views and opinions, man. We need to hear from Extremely you as well. Awfully quiet. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Yeah, alhamdulillah, jazakallah, first and foremost, for inviting me to this uh, really interesting um, topic. I think, you know, we can speak about this for hours, and a lot of people have been commenting. Um, from my perspective, obviously, I from it's really from a revert perspective. I think... For me personally, obviously, I'm not married, and um, that's something that I need to overcome, and I'm looking to do that. But I think there's some of the challenges that sort of reverts face really is that one of the points that you mentioned is you don't have that family support. So really, you're an outcast. Most of the marriages that happen are through a family connection or family support and all of that guidance. So, you know, I've spoken to some reverts about this, and, you know, a lot of challenges in terms of when a person gets married to say someone from who's from a born Muslim family, they get overridden by cultural practices and they're not really taken seriously. A lot of issues, from, and that's obviously you know something to sort of be fearful of. And also, I think yeah, it's um, it's something that I I think what you spoke about is very important about compatibility and doing all of this sort of assurances to ensure that people you know understand. What marriage is about if i reflect because you know i come from sort of a dawah background it's a bit like you know when you take your shahada you affirm that you believe in allah and you know that the prophet Muhammad is the last and final messenger so that's the first step you take but in terms of become a sort of a practicing muslim you have to start to adhere to the five pillars in the same way in marriage you want to get married but again it has conditions there are rights and responsibilities you have to fulfill in order to be a person who's, you know, and of course you're going to face those challenges and those tests, but you need to sort of 
uh, understand that before you get into uh, a sort of marriage. And so that comes through education, through courses. And I guess there probably needs to be, you know, you mentioned courses before um, someone gets married, but also throughout your life as you're getting married, you need regular sort of courses um, and, and these things. So, yeah, I think, you know, this, this requires a lot more discussion. It requires a lot more education. And we need, you know, programs all across the country, all across the world, um, where people can sort of learn and sort of also learn from each other as well. So, yeah, just oh, like, no. I've definitely learned a lot. That's some good advice, man. That's, that's, that's some really good advice. advice. It was good. I, I was just thinking, see, Salahuddin, what you were just saying there about, um, like, courses and stuff like that. I mean, only a, a select few people would be actually, I would say, qualified to um, deliver such courses, right, to help with someone in terms of how they're going to deal with the marriage and, and so on. And, and it would be someone, for example, the likes of Ilias, who, um, you know, psychology background. Because yeah. marriage is about emotion. You know, you can give someone some paper, a, a list on paper, and just say, this is what you're supposed to do. Oh, what, how are you feeling today? You're feeling this way? Do X, Y, Z, right? But if you don't connect, if you don't understand that it's an emotional thing, is that it doesn't matter what it says on paper, it's about how you feel at that time and how you deal with that at that time, um, then it's just pointless. Everything is pointless. So, you know, only a few people, but if there are more people who could, uh, you know, coach people and, you know, how to deal with certain things, then then you've got it, you've got it cracked. You know, well, you've got a better chance of, you know, having it cracked and dealing with it, inshallah. So yeah, definitely. What about, what about these um, sort of marriage websites, Isa? What do you reckon about them? What's your thoughts on them? These single singlemuslim.com and all that. That's that's your that's, that's your favorite website, isn't it, Isa? Don't, don't get me started on these websites because I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on some like uh, online PDF mode. You know, some of these websites, man, like Miller Projectors or like um, um, these these Islamic um, companies. You know, they, they use sisters and they use women with makeup and without hijab to promote their business, right? Just like normal Muslim businesses, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, because I am in advertising, right? I know if you look at their ads and stuff, they're like just, it's just full. They just use women. Uh, and they use sisters without hijab and stuff. They'll use models as well just to get people onto their site, right? And it's, I mean, you know, there's only a there's handful no of websites. There's no, there's no checks and balances for some of them. And there's a lot of no. predators on there as well, I've been told. You know, and it's, yeah. it's really not a good situation from some of yeah, these websites. It, it's really bad. But one thing that comes to mind on the discussion is that I discovered this in Malaysia. I don't know if you guys knew. Uh, do you know in Malaysia, you can't get married until you've done the course and you're certified yeah, by the government. Right. And yeah. I, when I found that out, I was like, this is incredible. I was thinking that mm. we should implement this in the UK. And like all the fathers and mothers should know that, look, if there's a potential son-in-law or something, has he done this course, right? And then he does the course and he passes and he's verified, right? And I think, yeah, I think we, I think we have to implement something like that because I wish I knew a lot of things before I get married. Obviously, you get advice and stuff and it's not necessarily our fault either. We don't have anything, right? We all grow up and our uh, understanding of marriage is what we see, right? Our parents, most most of the time. Um mm. And so, yeah, I think I think there definitely needs to be something like that in the UK as well, where people can get certified, um, and um, and then you know, then then the parents can see that. And I think that would help a lot, inshallah. And um, yeah, and I, I think you know another thing that we were discussing, Brother Elias was mentioning, is that when yeah, actually Jamal was mentioning as well, is that when you have an argument or you like you just do, you just have a divorce on something silly or like you don't realize. I think sometimes that does stem back to people 
uh, it might not necessarily be their fault, but they might grow up in homes with single parents, right? So they might mm -hmm. not know like what constitutes for you to end the marriage because they're not seeing uh, a husband and wife together, right? Yeah. So they, may, they might jump in that scenario thinking, oh, you know, this is really bad. I should get divorced. But sometimes some people, you know, sometimes, you know, I mean, I think of this, you know, sometimes you can see the arguments that your parents have and you can be like, oh, by the way, oh, that's completely normal. Or you see mm -hmm. the arguments that your uncles and aunties or other family members have, right? So I think that that plays a part in it. It's not necessarily there for always, but they don't see that. They don't know. Okay, is this good enough for divorce, or is this bad enough? That's just that's just my thoughts on uh, what yeah. being discussed. Uh, but yeah, some good points. Um, and the, and there's another one here by Shafia. Salam alaikum. How would you balance cultural aspects, which are unnecessary, while also being obedient to parents through marriage process and stuff like that? So. I think we touched upon that a little bit earlier because there is a whole conversation around cultural practices which even oppose the sunnah uh, pre getting married, pre while you're looking to get married, but also when you're married as well. Like the issue of the in laws and how, how that relationship dynamic plays. And, and there's, so, there's so many different things that need to be unpacked there. I think maybe that might be a separate session. What do you think? <laughs> well, I'm unless, ready unless to Elias, Jamal, you want to give a quick. Something to reply no, to. No, 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 I'll, I'll leave it to Ilyas because I was going to say. Well, um, what, what, what I'll say quickly on this is that look, sometimes work with your parents and see if you can't come to a compromise or a middle ground with your parents where your needs are met and their needs mm -hmm. are met. Okay? Not all culture is against the Sharia. Where something is clearly being done against the Sharia of Allah, then it's as in Surah Al Luqman, then disobey them. There is no obedience to the creation of his disobedience to Allah. So that's absolutely clear. In this case, you are not required to obey your parents. Mm. Sometimes you don't have trust in their particular criterion. And But if you have a good relationship with your parents, you can have a dialogue with them and say, look, mom, dad, this is what I want. This is my requirements. This is a, and, and work with them. So that's what I'd say, you know, in terms of not all culture is bad. Let's just be mm. absolutely clear. Mm. But where it's against the Sharia, then it's absolutely clear. Yeah. Good. Before yeah. I go, bro, I was going to say, like, um, you know, obviously, marriage is 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 um obviously we know it's a beautiful thing. It's a fantastic institution. Like we have, it has its ups and downs, right? But you know, one of the things about keeping marriage alive and keeping it fresh is that every day you 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 meet it with a new challenge and like never um, neglect your partner's um, need to smile and to be happy, because when you make your partner happy, right, they make you happy. Uh, and you have a very peaceful and blissful um, day without any kind of like headaches and stuff like that, being nagged and moaned at and whatever happens, right? Um, you know, so it's almost one of the things, it comes hand in hand. You know, when we when we forget that, um, you know, when we realize that, okay, you know, why why is he or why is she, for example, why, why, why are they like this today? Why are they behaving like this? And then it's just all because maybe you just didn't give them the attention that they desired, they required at that time, you know? Um, so... This it's a beautiful topic, and I wish that you know I could stay a bit longer. But also at the same time, I hope you um, address this again, inshallah, because um, there's so much more that can be unpacked in this. Yeah, man, let's let's yeah. do that. Um, final words. Uh, anything else, Jamal? You wanna you wanna add before we wrap this up? No, no, that that's fine for me, bro. Salahadeen, and final words from you, bro, before we end this podcast. No, alhamdulillah, jazakallah. It's been very educational, and I think, like Jamal said. There's a lot of things that we need to, you know, um, unpack and also uh, actually action as well, inshallah. I know Soho's chomping at the bit. I'm sure he's going <laughs> <Yeah>. to say. <laughs> no, to be honest with you, one brother just messaged me and said, uh, give us a wave, mate. 
There's been some comments here about Sunnah match. Apparently, that one doesn't have pictures and bad practices. There so you go, mate. Get yourself on there, bro. Sunnah oh, match, yeah. There's a yeah, lot of promotion of. I haven't seen them. I don't know what they're about. No, no, but. No, whatever. So I'm not gonna. You know my views on social media and these platforms. I'm <laughs> yeah, telling yeah, yeah. you, they, they're a mess as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But mm. there is one way that you safeguard yourself, whatever the platform is. And I think Brother Jamal mentioned it. Really robust third-party references. Yeah. Mm. Doing your background checks both ways, every single way. You know that's the way you safeguard yourself. If you haven't got those robust assessments you're going into something that can be life-affirming as as we've all said and enhance you and make you grow and and really earn you channel or absolutely literally destroy you mm. hmm. so you know really this is the most important due diligence background checks good good uh isa any final word from you bro and, and just yeah. my, my final word sorry sir is this nice. but it's look, on a positive note it's amazing that people still want to get married according to Islam, do nikah. So I want to say this is an amazing thing. Alhamdulillah. We're, we're still holding on to this brilliant, amazing, beautiful. Look at this tradition. And I also marry women. Whoever is not of my sunnah is not of me. May Allah Ta'ala all make us firm upon the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ameen. 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 Beautiful. Isa, anything else from you, bro? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just like to say, I mean, I guess a lot of people are watching who aren't married yet. And I would say that I think the, the, the best advice that I could give is that, look, be Marie. realistic. You oh, is it, Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. I would say is that, look, be realistic. Um, you're never going to get everything you want. And she's not going to get what she wants. You're not going to get what you want. You have to make sacrifices always, right? Not big sacrifices, but on small things. Yes, maybe one or two of you will find the perfect person Allah will gift you with it, right? But you have to live in the real world. You can't have all your 17 uh, checkboxes, right? And you've yeah. got like 14 now, but you're like, all right, I need those three more. Are you going to move on? That's why a lot of people, unfortunately, they're not married and they're in their 30s, 40s. Um, so it's very important that you, you have to go into that mindset. Uh, and the older you get, the less tick boxes you're going to have. <laughs> yeah, that's Absolutely. The <laughs> hell, over to you for the final word, bro. I've got nothing, man. All I can say is, you know, when you're married, you just want a nice, easy life, right? It's just like happy, mm. happy, happy, what's it? Happy wife, happy life. Mm. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. Can't live with them, okay. can't live without them. Isn't that Bart Simpson? Probably. But, yeah. you know. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And look, marriage is, not, marriage is not easy. It's not meant to be easy, but alhamdulillah, there's barakah in it, there's blessings in it, and just live happy with each other man just you know i mean i mean all right uh, we'll wrap it up there inshallah we'll be back next friday and next weekend saturday and sunday we're going to be focusing our topics on health fitness martial arts and all of that sort of stuff right so what's the islamic relationship to all of those so uh, make sure to tune in next week. We've got some excellent guests coming up. Elias is going to be with us. Jamal's going to be with us. Saladin's probably going to be with us. I hope. Isa, you're going to be back with us as well. Yeah. Just yeah. Can't yeah. live with them. Can't shoot them. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But it's on a fridge magnet somewhere. <laughs> All right. On that note.